basement to your ears this is the weekly meeting of the queen city improvement bureau tonight street culture project also circle project along with innovative revenue tools and outstanding improvements this meeting is now in session hey good evening how are you this evening pretty good this morning Whatever it is. Who knows what time it is. We're great. We're great. We lose track of time. Yeah. We don't see the sun. There are no windows down here. That's true. So, attendance? Sure, let's do that. That's a great idea. Start with attendance. Um, Okay, so first up, uh, Hep Deluance. Do we have Hep Deluance here? Hep Deluance? Yeah. um, I see no Hep Deluance here. Really? Uh, I was kind of looking forward to seeing Hep. He was uh, he was a singing cowboy. Uh, I think like basically Gene Autry ripped off his act. Really? Yeah, he would have been famous if not for Gene Autry getting in on the whole singing cowboy thing. Dang! I hope yeah. he shows up because you know I love me some old timey cowboy music. Yeah, and I, also, I think there was a scandal with him trying to sell Amway on his records, so that kind of hmm. yeah. You know, well, oh. you can rhyme an awful lot with Amway. So That's true. That's true. You know, you know what I'm realizing though. Now that I look more closely at my uh, attendance list. I think I messed up the letters in mm. his name. You? If um, if you actually change the letters a bit, you come up with Paul Deshane. So That's me. Oh, okay, great. Paul Deshane is here. But it's Perfect. nice to know that if I need to have a career in country music, I could I could be happy. You could. Uh, next up, uh, Ningo Armada. Ningo Armada. Ningo Armada. No. Yeah, he Ningo. He yeah, was Ningo. the man. Yes, he was the man who single-handedly introduced Valium into, like, Cold War Eastern Europe. Ningo did that? Yes, he did. Wow. He made a fortune. They they must have loved him there. Spent some time in in, uh, Gulag, but other than that. Fair enough. Um, I don't see him today, but... uh, No. Well, maybe he'll come later, because I could use some Valium. You know, actually, I I don't think that's going to happen. I'm looking carefully at the name, and I think I messed up the letters a bit. Again. Uh, Should be Aiden Morgan. I think that's you. All right. Yeah. So that's okay. That's our complete attendance. Fantastic. I'm glad that's done. So what's next on our agenda? Well, Aiden. Yes. I don't know if you got this message, but the city put out a press release this week warning Queen City residents that parts of the Trans Canada east of the city are going to have are going to be reduced to a single lane of traffic in each direction this summer. I've been banned from receiving all these messages. Oh, that's too bad, because then you would know that this is related to the uh, Regina Bypass Project, and it's going to impact parts of Highway 1 from Balgoni and the access road to Pilot Butte. I've also been banned from knowing things that are related to other things. Oh, there yeah. Was an I could see. Yeah. I could see why they would do, do that. Um, well, then I guess you also don't know that the work is going to start June 17th, roughly, no, no and idea. run all the way through the summer to early fall. Good, because well, good, I'm not banned from June 17th. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else? Well, you know, what that means is that, uh, like, when there are times when there's peak traffic volumes, 
your drivers could be running into some, you know, significant snarl-ups on the highway there. Mm-hmm. And you know how, like, motorists can get, like, really cranky when they can't, like, zip up and down our highways at top speed? I, I notice that. As soon as they have to slow down, like, they, you can just see, like, veins popping on the forehead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they get all red in the face and they're... Yeah, a God-given right to residents of the Queen City denied them. They get mm-hmm. angry. Yes. Yeah. So we could be, this could be the summer of angry drivers trying to get in and out of the city to the okay. east. So I got to thinking, what could we, as the Queen City Improvement Bureau, do to improve this situation? And it just so happens that I recently picked up a copy of Dunninger's Guide to Practical Hypnotism. Nice. And in it, it talks about how you can use hypnotism to induce a state of relaxation. And I thought, hey, wouldn't it be great if I made a hypnotism recording that would help drivers caught in bypass construction-related traffic jams? Genius. Uh Uh-huh. So that's what I've done. And I'm going to play it now. But I will put up an MP3 version of this on our website, Mm www.queencityip.com, so that if you're planning a drive along Highway 1 to the east, you can have this ready to play in your car if you ever get stuck in traffic. But a disclaimer. I should warn people, this is some seriously powerful hypnotism I'm going to be sending out over the airwaves. So uh, it's only meant for the relief of traffic jam-related stress. So if you're listening to this at home right now, I'd be really, really careful. If you're not driving, you might want to walk away from this. Just walk away from your radio for Mm -hmm. a few minutes and come back when this is all done. Um, Because using this for relaxation, if you're not stuck in traffic, is an off-label use. Exactly. And I can't be held responsible for what happens to you. (laughs) Fair enough. So uh, everybody's been warned, and I'm going to play that relaxation recording right now. distance, the rumble and smoke of machines building the Queen City's bypass project. But now, focus only on my voice. All this traffic in your way is outside you, beyond you. Right now, here, the only construction will be inside you as you build your Tranquility. Close out the sounds of traffic and listen as I count down from ten and give yourself the freedom, give yourself permission to relax. Ten. Do not think about anything. Let your mind wander. Let your mind wonder. Down to nine. Feel yourself relaxing. Let the heaviness begin. Your arms, your hands. Let yourself go limp. No, wait. Don't go limp. You're driving your car. Drive your car. Drive your car on the road of tranquility. Down to eight. Forget the bypass. Bypass all your tension, all your stress. There is just you and the sound of my voice, the voice of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. 
down to seven. Let go your anxieties, your memories, let them fade to nothing. The $1.88 billion bypass budget, let that rise up and up and float away. The companies working on the bypass that are supposed to be from Saskatchewan, but are headquartered elsewhere, out of sight, out of mind. Down to six. The Pinky Road Interchange, completed in 2013, that needs to be rebuilt, let it fall to dust and drift away on a warm breeze. Minister Bill Boyd and the Global Transportation Hub land deal that made one Alberta businessman millions while shortchanging a group of nuns, let that fade from view. These are all potholes on the road. Fill them with your worries and your fears, then drive over them with your calmness. And as we count down the final steps to a deep state of trance, let everything go. Five, four, three, two, one, now. You are driving through a land of deep relaxation, tranquil, free, and the only thing you will remember when you rise from this calmness is that when you return home, you will feel compelled to fire up your browser and go to the Queen City Improvement Bureau website, www.queencityib.com. You will click on the link that takes you to the QCIB's iTunes page and subscribe to the podcast and then give the Queen City Improvement Bureau a five-star rating because the Queen City Improvement Bureau wants to preserve your calmness. It wants to maintain the magic inside you. But for now, you will carry on, riding along a highway of tranquility. And when you see the flag man or woman who flashes that octagonal sign saying, go slow, you will awake from this trance and drive away free. And that is our... Uh Traffic jam relaxation the, uh, recording. I'm, I'm just I'm looking at my phone here. There's uh, reports from all over the city of uh, massive car pileups. Really? I guess a lot of people must be listening to our meetings. Well, that's a that's great. B that's I warned them. <laughs> people don't listen. <laughs> too bad. Like, they do listen and yet they I've, don't. Listen. I know. I've set up people a are enigmas. D- democracy just doesn't work. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, what's next on the agenda? Well, I believe we have our first improvement vector candidate of the meeting. Oh, yeah? Uh, Natasha Wessequate. Yes, thanks for having me. Hey, how are you doing, Natasha? I'm good, thanks. Yeah? Um, You're here from the Circle Project. Yes, I am. So a couple of weeks ago, we had Anne Perry from the uh, Circle Project on, but I was wondering if, you know, just in case anyone missed our broadcast with Anne, if you could just do a quick, like, run-through of what the Circle Project is and what you guys uh, do. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Circle Project is an Aboriginal agency um, serving the community since 1988. Um, we uh, work in the areas of family violence, uh, addictions, counseling. Um, we have two child, child care centers, day, uh, infant center and a, a children's center. Um, we are all inclusive, so we invite uh, anybody's welcome. Uh, all of our services are free and open to the public, um, not just Aboriginal and not just the Aboriginal community, but the community at whole. So, cool. Yeah. Um, and you're in here. You came by today to talk to us about uh, your preparations for uh, National Aboriginal Day, which is coming up on uh, June 21st. So soon. Yeah, very soon. Next Tuesday, uh, we will be at Grassic Playground uh, to celebrate National Aboriginal Day. Uh, we have all sorts of activities planned for the day, um, children's activities, all sorts of things. I can kind of go through a run-through of, of, of all that stuff. Um, we will start off with a grand entry. Okay. So we'll have various uh, dignitaries. Um, we'll have our sponsors there taking part in it as well, uh, dancers. Um, we're going to open um, with the grand entry, which will lead into power dance demonstrations. We have a group of children from Kitchener Community School. They're called the Métis Stars, and they're coming to do some jigging for us. Cool. Um, so it's a really neat performance. Um, we also have all sorts of children's activities planned. So we have the Dino Bouncers will be there. Um, street Culture will actually be there doing some face painting. And we're going to be doing some arts and crafts, uh, the kids will be making paper plate dream catchers, so that sounds really fun. Um, we have an elder's tent. Um, in that elder's tent, we provide snacks and um, coffee and tea throughout the day, but we've actually planned a new activity for the elders this year, um, which is NAD Bingo. So what we've done is we've created bingo cards that obviously lifts, list the numbers um you know, one to a hundred, or one to, sorry, 80, I think it is. I'm not sure what a bingo card. Um, but so we have the numbers, um, in the English, in English, and then we also have them in Cree. So, um, individuals, when they win their bingo, they can call back their bingo card, um, in Cree if mm. they so choose. Some of the words are pretty tough. Um, so I can't, say half of them so we'll see how that goes but it's it's a i think it's a really good great way to kind of promote um you know language the cree language especially um and our elders a lot of them are our language carriers now still um so i think some of them will be able to do it with ease i think maybe not everybody but it'll be it'll be an interesting um few games of bingo so yeah that'll, that'll be fun yeah um, we also will have our cultural activities tent inside there. We have a quiz where uh, we'd like to test people's knowledge um, on Aboriginal history and culture. Uh, we have a, a quiz for the adults, and we have one that's a little bit easier for the kids. Um, and if you take part in that quiz, you will get a ticket to win a prize at the end of the event. Also, we have storyboards in there. The storyboards, uh, we actually started those last year, and they feature um, photos of dancers, and then it tells the story behind that dance, so where that dance originated, um, that sort of thing. And so it's, it's really nice. We have about five of those, and this year we are uh, just creating some new ones, and we want it, and we're... Um, they're all going to be about Treaty 4. So Treaty 4 territory, that's the territory that we're, that we're in. Um, and, you know, all the First Nations bands that are in Treaty 4. Just some fun, fact, quick little, um, 
information that they can read off the storyboards and um also in there we're going to have a speaker from the office of the treaty commissioner um and it's a speaker from their speakers bureau who will be able to answer questions that people might have um so yeah there's there's a lot of activities we're gonna have live entertainment going on throughout the day we have um a band that provides old time fiddle music um highway express uh they've been around for a long time so um i know that they will be a hit with the elders um (laughs) and then we have some entertainment for the evening plan that's for more of the younger crowd and it's a aboriginal hip-hop artist named uh goes by the name of Dreesus. Um Dreesus? Dreesus, yes. Okay. <laughs> I think I said that right. Um so that'll be f- kind of for the younger crowd. We're gonna have a jigging contest, so and it's open to anybody, so if you guys want to come out and compete in the jigging contest, you guys are welcome. No, you're yeah, no, absolutely shaking. No. <laughs> you know? be really good at losing in the jigging contest. <laughs> yeah. so. So, so I hope I didn't forget anything, but yeah, there's it's it's gonna be on from two thirty in the afternoon until eight in the evening. Wow. So that's a lot of stuff you guys have planned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I should remind everyone that we are broadcasting our meetings on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio, and this is the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Yeah. So um, how long have you guys been holding this? Uh, I'm sorry, I, I missed. Where is it you're holding it again? Just At Grassic Playground. Right. And so that's just between 3rd and 4th Avenue and the 900 blocks of Cameron and Garnet Street. Yeah, and how long have you been putting it on there? Um, at that location, I think we've been there now for five years, um, but the actual celebration itself, we've been uh, celebrating and putting the celebration on for the last, this will be our 19th celebration. By the Circle Project. Yeah, by the That's Circle awesome. Project. That's yeah. awesome. Um, and it seems like it's a really family-friendly kind of thing that you guys are doing. Oh, for sure. It's definitely uh, a, a day for families to come and spend some you know, time together, having fun in their community with their neighbors. Um, and everything's free, so that's a definite plus side. Like, Oh, and I, f- I forgot to mention the barbecue. That's probably one of the biggest, the, part, the parts of the day where we have the most people. Um, free food, so that's great. Uh, it's a big barbecue, so hmm. that's during the supper hour from 5 to 6. Right. Yeah. And the, the barbecue isn't free. No, the barbecue is free. Everything is free. The food is free. Everything is free. And we actually, we have cotton candy to hand out to all the kids at the end of the evening too, which is also free. So yeah, it's a great day for families to come and have some fun and just relax and spend some time in their community and really have the opportunity to have, um, to maybe learn something about, you know, the Aboriginal culture, um, or, you know, just seeing, seeing, hanging out with friends and just having fun so yeah Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about national aboriginal day and what that stands for uh well national aboriginal day was i believe first declared in 1996 by the governor general and it was uh something that aboriginal groups um had been calling for uh, in previous years to set aside one day a year to recognize um the culture contributions of First Nations, Inuit and Métis peoples of Canada. And so that day really, I think, is um, a day for, you know, all Canadians to, you know, reflect on our on our history and our, um, uh, you know, the history of Canada and certainly for Aboriginal people to, um, you know, reflect on culture and um, their their heritage and and you know, just celebrate who we are, um, you know, as Aboriginal people, but as Canadians as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so this year, though, uh, 
It seems like this was, like, I don't, it seemed like there were a lot of uh, Aboriginal issues that sort of came to, you know, sort of like public consciousness a lot more strongly this year than have in the past. Uh, things like the, uh, the call for a national inquiry into uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women. That became an issue during the election, even. And, uh, you know, the reticence of the former government to do anything on that. And then there were also the recommendations from the final report of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Um, so... Do you foresee like this year's National Aboriginal Day um, kind of being sort of a, I don't know, like a standard bearer, like a way to sort of like remind the larger culture, uh, you know, the, that these things haven't been moved on yet in a lot of ways? Mm-hmm. Well, I do know from the report, the, the TRC report, the, the calls to action, there was one of the calls to action was to um, have a, a national statutory holiday um, that would also, that would be a, a national day of reconciliation, I think, and, you know, also a day to, um, you know, for residential school survivors and um, their families and the communities to really reflect on that, that part of our, our history. Um, so I, I think um, there is going to be some great things coming. You know, the, the inquiry is coming up. So um, I think these things are starting to be addressed. You know, that's that would be, you know, my my opinion. But, um, you know, there's a lot of work to do for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and going forward, uh, what do you guys um, how do you how do you guys see? your role in sort of like um, being activists in the community for uh, sort of like these Aboriginal issues? Um, for us, this day is really important to us, um, celebrating National Aboriginal Day. Again, we've we've done this celebration for the past 18 years. This celebration is, is something that all the staff look forward to, um, the agency, the members, the board. It's, it's the day of the year that we all get together um, in the community and we're able to to celebrate. Um, you know, this event um, started at a really grassroots level and we, you know, we want to keep it that way. And um, just having a day that we can gather and celebrate and provide opportunities for families to gather and have free fun, I think that's really a, a, something that we're, for sure going to continue doing um, as we look to the future um, you know there's there's always more work to do so um, that'll be definitely something that we we will we'll we'll talk about and and who knows what else we may do yeah <laughs> yeah we're always up to something <laughs> i imagine for you that this is just going to be a big relief this day because you've been doing the, a lot of the organizing for this so yeah planning started back in November of 2015. So it, it takes some time to, to really provide a, to, to plan an event this size. Um, it, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of hands too. There's, you know, there's a lot of, we have a committee, um, we have all the volunteers that come out that day. Um, a lot of people are, are working to make this happen, especially you know we couldn't we couldn't do this celebration, especially free of charge if we didn't have the help from our sponsors. Um, the sponsors are huge the, to provide the, the free event, right? So, mm-hmm. um, the City of Regina is a major sponsor. Um, K Plus S, Potash Canada, SAS Culture, um, Connexus Credit Union. They've supported this event for over ten years. Um, we Loris Disposal. They've been a, a huge supporter of this event. Um, we also have uh, the Department of Canadian Heritage uh, through the Celebrate Canada program that that provides funding for this event Um, and then also other community organizations that come out um, such as Street Culture they come out um, and they 
they give us a pretty good deal on the face painting. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a whole a huge group of people that really find this to be such an important worthwhile event. And so everybody gets together and it's just fun and we, we plan it and it's, it's great. So it will be a bit of a relief when it's over um, <laughs> because it, it, it's, it's, there's a lot to do. And so, and, and the thing that's stressful for me is watching the weather every morning oh, yeah. <laughs> because there's been years where there's rain and we got rained out. So that for me, the stressful part is definitely watching that seven-day forecast <laughs> yeah Absolutely. yeah and you know it's been such a dry year so far yeah. except for the last few days but yeah, yeah. You, you, you just know that when the fun stuff starts yeah. that's when the clouds will open up that's what happened last year but th they cleared up um and the sun started shining again and all the fun continued so right on well, yeah. unless there's a tornado i'll be there for the free barbecue <laughs> okay yeah no kidding <laughs> yeah so i uh, just can we run through it one more time uh when is it where is it Yes, so Grassic Playground, next Tuesday, June 21st. Uh, the celebration starts at 2.30. We're going to uh, be there till 8 p.m. Um, it's free. Everybody is welcome. And we hope to have tons and tons of people there. Awesome. So I don't know. What do you think, Aiden? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it was touch and go. But I think, actually, yes, you do qualify as an improvement vector. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Much like much like Anne, also from uh, Circle Project. Yes. Yeah, so now I I'm at I'm at the, uh, her level now. I'm I'm a vector. So. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah, and yeah. you too receive this uh, this handsome certificate. Wow. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, if if Anne's put hers up on the wall, you can actually by now by rights put yours just over hers. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. And if she sure. complains, just laugh because you know. Yeah. It's the law. Yeah. And you can like. <laughs> have like a manila envelope fight with her that's right because that's what people do yeah <laughs> actually we've got two candidates tonight but uh, there's only one manila envelope so. oh so they'll have oh. to fight <laughs> yes this will make for a very interesting end of the meeting <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well thank yeah. you very much yeah thanks yeah. for having me thanks a lot for coming in and hope yeah. you can come in again yeah, and hopefully sure. we'll see you at Street Culture, or sorry, at uh, National Aboriginal Day you will I'll, I'll be a little bit crazy but you'll see me awesome <laughs> Okay. What is next on the agenda there, Aiden? Well, I believe now we have some innovative revenue tools. Isn't that how we look at ways for the city to improve its bottom line by uh, doing things that will generate new revenue or, you know, save money or something? Something like that. Yeah? Yeah, I think that's, actually, I think that's exactly what it is. Do you have an innovative revenue tool for this week? I have something like that. <laughs> you do? <laughs> That's uh, good. Yes. That's good. Uh, well, I hate to wreck our streak. I, I know, because we, we've been doing every meeting now for, for a long October. time. A long, long time. Uh, well, in this, in this particular innovative revenue tool, we looked at ways to deal with the massive amounts of paper waste that come from City Hall. Because, you know, even though we're, we live in the age of computers, we're still generating lots of paper, lots of waste, and recycling doesn't quite cut it. Um, so we're looking at that, ways to deal with that, and satisfy this, like the populace's need to just like celebrate things and party at the drop of a hat. How can you put these two things together? With the made-to-order confetti cart. Oh. and S Something like a Dickie D ice cream cart, okay. except it's a little cart with a shredder and a cannon. So you just drive along, and people come by. It's playing a distinctive little tune. Right. People come up, and they give you money, and you just feed documents into the shredder, and poof, instant confetti party. That 
is amazing. It's a great idea. Yeah, and it plays music. Yeah. And people can, and so we would just cart, would there be like a separate cart full of documents that need shredding? Yeah, like a little, little trailer full. Right. And, you know, we could call, like when we're on the road, call, like get people to come by with more documents because people in the city love to, like, shred their documents. Shred their documents, and they also love to, like, celebrate impromptu things. That's great. Yeah. So it'd be like this rolling festival that rolling happens festival. everywhere. A rolling festival of bureaucratic deletion. Right. And so we would charge people who have to bring their own documents along, or do we just, does, does this save us money because um, party? Because party. No, uh, people people have to pay a nominal fee, which could actually come out like a, a small increase in the mill rate for on their taxes. You know, I got an idea. Remember several weeks ago when we had, um, we had the uh, Warehouse Business Improvement District in, yes. we had the, uh, the, the shots cart. Ah. We could attach the shots cart to the back of the mobile confetti cart. cart, and it would be a rolling party. Yes. Yeah. And so we'd, we'd, we'd double up our revenue streams. Well, it would be, it would be kind of a 19 or over, right? you know. Yeah. Party card, but yeah, we could yeah. send the party card starting out at like ten o'clock at night, and it could go until three o'clock in the morning, Sounds and everybody great. would be happy. I think that's fantastic. Okay, well, you know, if that idea doesn't take off, fortunately, we have a few more Ooh. innovative revenue tools Excellent. that we can look into. Hi, I'm Chad Novak with ChadForRegina.com. You're listening to Queen City Improvement Bureau on ninety-one point three CJTR. And we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. We are. We are, definitely. So I was still hypnotized from earlier. Oh, I'm sorry. I've been drifting. I should have counted you back out. Yeah, that would that would be nice. Anytime. Yeah. We'll do that. Maybe oh. after the meeting. Okay. Some point, oh, sometime over the next few weeks. Yeah. Oh. So, what is next on our agenda tonight, Aiden? Uh, next up, we have Mike... Gerund? Gerund, close enough. Darn, he was one of the two. You're real close. I was very close. Uh, from the, and you actually said your name earlier, and of course the wrong, the wrong version stuck in my head. Uh, anyway, uh, Mike Gerund from the Street Culture Project. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Thanks for finding your way down into our sub-basement. Yeah, that's uh, right. There's no much light down here. Gosh, no. I'm no. freaked out. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about how damp it is. Yeah, my first experience in radio, and you got me in a basement. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, but we put sawdust on your seat. So well, that was, yeah, that was yeah. a nice touch. It was nice. The, the hypnosis was nice, too. We're all relaxed <laughs> and ready to go. Exactly. Yeah. So the Street Culture Project, what is that? Well, uh, I think to tell you about who we are, uh, probably the best way to go about that is to tell you who, who we were and where we came from. Um, we've been in your community now for... Uh, coming up to about 20 years. And the way that this whole magical endeavor got underway started with a charismatic guy by the name of Kim Sutherland, who is our founding CEO and still CEO uh, of Street Culture, who left the hotel industry um, and uh, became a cook at Dale's house um, and was uh, one of the youth custody facilities. I mean, he was the cook there. Um, And Kim uh, had a natural talent for connecting with youth, and he would have... Uh, some of the, uh, the kids that were guests of that facility would be working alongside him, uh, in the kitchen peeling potatoes. And, uh, he was able to connect on them in a level and they started telling them things through, 
a non-threatening activity like peeling potatoes or making, mm. uh, doing dishes or whatever it was that he was doing. Um, and that's where street culture began, right there uh, mm. in that kitchen. Um, and now we we start to fast forward and it became the wonderful thing about street culture is as it has been so many things uh, over the last uh, 20 years. Um, but the, the constant, the culture uh, has always been on relationship building um, because through great relationships, trust is formed. And when you've got a trusting relationship, that's when we can start to move some mountains and it's a pretty fantastic place. Right. So what kind of problems, uh, problems programs exactly do you guys uh, do you run? Well, uh, we have a, I have a, a giant list to tell you about. So, how long is the show? <laughs> um, we have Are the uh, time locks on the door open in about half an hour. Or so. Okay. Well, if I'm going to start, we've got um, one of our more long-standing programs would be our Regina Connected Youth Program, and that's a program that's funded through uh, the Ministry of Justice, and it works uh, with 15 youth, kind of give or take. Um, uh, on their uh, community justice issues, they've kind of got maybe one toe in the gang world, um, and we help them through their their probationary period, uh, and uh, and help to keep them from reoffending. Uh, again, through those non-threatening, uh, non-threatening, uh, pro-social outing activities, and kind of reintegrate them uh, uh, through positive mentoring uh, back into the community. So that's the Regina Connected Youth Program. We actually have a. A more intense version of that called RCY Mark II. I'm a big Iron Man fan, and I like that name. So. <laughs> um, and RCY Mark II is is two staff to one kid, kind of out in the community with uh, more high risk uh, individuals uh, who are kind of maybe two toes in the gang world. And again, it's the same principle that we help them through their uh, probationary period, and we work with them out in the community again, doing some pro-social activities and help them with their court appearances, uh, resume building job searches, education, that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, so that's RCY. Um, we have our mentorship program, which is now up to, I believe, 40 mentorship contracts uh, to date right now, which is quite a lot of kids um, that we're working with on a one-on-one -on -one, uh, mentorship basis and do a variety. The ages range in that one from 12 or 13 years old up to 16, 17. Um, I think actually we've got one girl that may be uh, coming up to 19 or 20 that's still uh, getting some mentorship help. Um, we've got our Youth Transition Unit, which is uh, a new one from last year that is uh, uh, a unique partnership between the Ministry of Social Services um, and Community, which is pretty fantastic. So we had a social worker from the Ministry alongside with one of our community workers um, that uh, also did intensive kind of one-on-one -on -one mentorship. Um, and that's... Uh, and that's been going pretty well. It's into its second year now, and it's actually expanded through the homelessness partnering strategy um, to the Y Shore program, which will be working with Phoenix Residential, who's uh, kind of leading up the charge with the new uh, HPS. Uh, Sorry, funding. HPS. A homelessness partnering strategy. So they're yeah. uh, working on the housing first model here in the city. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's an exciting thing as well. We've got our girls and boys club that runs out of the Albert Library. Um, that's uh, for the younger kids and kind of uh, our first access point or first window of opportunity to meet and start building some relationships with kids that uh, will probably be seeing us in the future and starting to develop those relationships uh, off the hop um, when they do an after-school program there. Uh, and it's just fantastic. They've got a computer lab there as well. Um, it's also a gateway for some of our uh, past participants that are uh, new employees to ours. They sometimes are, are that's the first place that they uh, get introduced to helping kids, which is awesome. 
Um, we've got our pit stop program, which was developed. Uh, it's kind of in its fledgling year right now, which is pretty fantastic. We call it pit stop because it's a pit stop between uh, education or so somebody gets suspended from school or they're in transition of housing, something like that. Um, and we help them with life skills and it's kind of a jumping off point to get them onto their next stage of development. Uh, we've got a random task force, which does good deeds in the community. Uh, one of my personal favorites. Uh, and we do anything from donations if people have donations of furniture, um, grandma can't lift a fridge, those kinds of things. Our guys will go out there uh, and do their best to, to help the community, which is uh, one of the, the highlights of, of my days of work of what the RTF boys are up to. Yeah. And then we've got our Soup in the Park program, which is uh, down mm-hmm. in Victoria Park, and I'm sure we're going to touch on that, I think, in a little bit more detail yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, we've got our after-school, uh, sorry, our, our evening programming that has the kids involved as well, and then we can also talk about the housing programs. Yeah. It seems like a lot of what you do, I don't want to trivialize it, but it sounds like a lot of it is just um, hanging out with kids. Um, well, if I was to give you the, my favorite tagline when we go into the employability sector, if I'm talking to some fine folks such as yourselves, is that we create taxpayers. Right. Uh, we get people off assistance um, and move them on to the next stage of their life. Mm. And we do that over an extremely long period of time. Street culture's claim to fame, I would say, is working with an extremely small amount of kids over an extremely long period of time. Some of those kids that were with us 20 years ago are now some of our most uh, sought-after staff. Uh, that are that have grown up through the agency and they go out. Some of them have had children now and are coming back and are and are working with us. So it's a pretty fantastic place. What kind of uh, success do you see? Like what kind of success rates do you see amongst the kids that you interact with? Well, that depends on what your definition of success is. Um, yeah. So we have. Ooh, millionaires. Like how million, many? How many yeah, millionaires million, do we have? Multi-millionaires. Well, this, if this I meet good. any of them, uh, <laughs> that'll be great. I'm sure there may be a few out there, uh, and there may be some on the way. Uh, we've got a very artistic group of people. I'm waiting for one of them to hit it big. It'll be fantastic. But um, successes, uh, I think, are very indi- individualized. So we're very goal focused on the individual kids. So mm. what works for one kid may not necessarily work for another. Some kids we're doing pre-employment to pre-employment. Yeah. Like yeah. how to get up and go to an interview, well, how to get up in general, how to brush your teeth every morning. You know, like some of the street-involved uh, youth that we have haven't had this access to to what we would call a quality parent. We very often ask ourselves, what would a parent do in this situation? What would a good mm-hmm. parent do? Um, and we try to try to live by that. Yeah. I have to say, it's it's kind of shocking, like when you hear stories like this, that we live we live in a world in a in a presumably industrialized society and whatnot, but there are still people uh, who don't get some basic skills that a lot of people just take for granted. And uh, so it's good, it's good that, you know, I mean, that you can see the necessity for a place like Street Culture Project. Well, and I think we pride ourselves on that. Uh, we pride ourselves on working with the kids that fall through the slats, mm-hmm. um, the kids that don't meet uh, a government criteria or funding for a program. Those are the kids that are, are truly my passion, for, for sure, anyway. Um, that they have a great deal of difficulty securing services so we can find ways to advocate for them, maybe to get them mm-hmm. services. Uh, if we can't get them government services, perhaps we can provide those services ourselves. Maybe that's employment. We had a kid that walked in off the street just yesterday hmm. uh, that uh, did not, he was over 18, he'd aged out of the system, didn't have anywhere to stay, so we found him a place to stay. Um, I think he's going to be employed too uh, hmm. by the uh, by the end of tomorrow. Maybe he's already working today. He might already be. 
Um, and those are the kinds of things that uh, that really keep me fired up about doing this job. Like it's such a, it really is, it's such a magical place. Yeah. Um, pretty special. Again, don't want to um, reduce this to you know base numbers, mm-hmm. but it seems uh, when you can when when you look at statistics for things like uh, incarceration and how right. much that costs society, mm-hmm. and that's just like that's money that just bleeds off society. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems that what you're doing. Uh, it, it offsets that, like it, it it reduces the amount of like policing costs, reduces the amount of incarceration costs, and then um, it helps build this whole generation of kids who become taxpayers, who you know, again contribute to the community. And you know, it's not, it's 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 important for those kids, right? Like that's I think that's the key that it's these kids that you know their their development is is key, and yet it's it's good for everybody. That's right. It's a good. That's just good business. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just good business. Yeah. Uh, when I think about that statement, and, and uh, I've been asked similar questions like that, we can't arrest our way out of the problems that we're facing right now. Um, yes, there are people that need to be incarcerated. I kind of call it adult daycare. If you can't follow the rules, that's where you go. Um, but uh, it does. It's a horrific amount of money to incarcerate somebody for a year versus a program uh, that uh, that is able to move somebody along and give them the life skills and treat their addictions. And we're dealing with so much mental health, so much more mental health than we have been in the past. You know, it's prevalent. Once we strip away addiction, drug drug abuse, alcohol abuse, there's underlying mental health issues that are going on there, and, and we're seeing more and more of that. Um, we don't profess to be mental health experts. Uh, we get people to mental health experts. Mm. We would be a conduit, so to speak, for that. Um, and we... Uh, we provide that stability of a relationship of just somebody to be there to talk with sometimes that that uh that's a big part of what we do it's a lot of through non-threatening activities and we do that through a variety of ways to build those trusts like we uh as we were talking before the show a little bit one of my passions one of my lightning rods that we created was our, was our music studio mm-hmm. and this is uh there's some been some great things that have come out of that um it's uh Arts has always been an extremely uh, big part of, of street culture, uh, whether that's through our face painting, which your, our last guest talked about, we'll be doing some at National Aboriginal Day there, uh, and a big part of our fundraising, but uh, through arts, murals, um, and through music, uh, some kids are able to express themselves. Um, and I think I brought a couple of those tracks with yeah, us, too. Yeah, that was a fantastic segue. It's yeah, almost it like you've done this yes, before. Maybe. No, I'm yeah. telling you, it's the first time I've been in a basement like this. Oh, yeah? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So we've got uh, we've got a couple tracks here from uh, the uh, the Street Culture Studio. Um, I, the piece I've got here is uh, Stereotype. Who's that by? Well, Stereotype was, uh, if you can believe this, I'm the one that wrote the music for that one. Oh, get out! Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and a young lady by the name of Ariane Ross, uh, who sings the lead on there. Um, and there's a young man by the name of Josh Steves, aka Notice, that does uh, some tracks on there as well. Um, they wrote all the words to this. Um, and there's a music video up. If you check out Street Culture Studios on uh, YouTube, you'll probably find it there. All right. Well, I will. Uh, I'll play that track right now. Cool. Three Judging me because my body is tatted Stereotype people only normal on the average Take a picture while last ain't as bad yeah. Peace wanna look like I'm from a different planet, different planet. Compare with me to all the mother drug addicts An image of a gangster, look of bad habits Stepping back like I'm gonna do some damage Stepping back like I'm gonna do some damage Realize this, in reality, poetically 
There's no reason to be. I'm reason like I'm committed. Felonies and label me for how I look with the gangster mentality. I can hit you right now when you be mad at me. I pay my rent. I made it out of poverty. I left no central. I started my own family. I left a life I considered dramatically. You look at me like you think you know what you see, but you don't have any idea of who. great yes yes it was yeah yeah uh, and uh you just listened to that on 91.3 fm cjtr regina community radio this is the queen city improvement bureau and who was that again that was uh notice aka josh steves and uh ariana ross music they... by mike trent <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic and so where is the studio what does it look like um well we've got uh and uh, as we start to talk about the housing uh the studio is located in one of our our uh, our homes that we run called greta lynn's inn and it's actually in the old detox center uh, uh 2839 victoria avenue which is our our main administration office and so we had this grand old girl that we bought about four years ago um now yeah it's been four years holy smokes um, four years ago that we uh, started fixing up and repairing from the detox and turning it into it's now a five uh, Ministry of Social Services bed uh, on the upstairs with one uh, 
what we call a discretionary room for a young man that just walked in the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, bed um, with some programming space, a big kitchen, um, and our main administration office in there. Our mentorship office and our Regina Connected Youth Program also run out of that facility as well. Right. So, and this is just one of the facilities that you from that's, which you offer housing. That's right. And when we get into when I start talking about the the housing game uh, that we uh, that we're in, uh, we have such a wonderful partnership with uh, the Ministry of Social Services and. Uh, what we've been able to accomplish with uh, with that partnership, uh, we opened docks. Oh, I want to say eight years ago, maybe eight years ago. I have to check my facts on that. It's been open for a while now, but that's a house for um, five uh, Ministry of Social Service girls, sixteen to eighteen. Typically, is the age that they can go a little bit longer than that if they're long term wards. Um, and then we have uh, Wendy's, which is. Uh, One's north, one's east. I won't give the the street addresses as their safe houses for sure. Um, and they live with a house mom, um, and they have program uh, staff that are in there uh, to help them through their transition. Um, we've had some. If we're talking about successes. Um, some of the stories that have come out of our housing program um, are very close to my heart. We've got some of the girls that are third uh, generation, um, kind of coming, being system dependent, that are now. Uh, I know one young lady in particular that has gone on to uh, uh, to culinary school and is now a chef here in town, which is very, which is just awesome. Um, and she has a sister that uh, that works for us as well, uh, who is also pursuing um, post secondary education. It's just amazing stuff, you know. Um, so we create this real home environment. And when I when I say what would a parent do? That's very. That's the environment that we're trying to create is a stable home where, you know, there's natural consequences. You don't get kicked out of street culture. You choose to move on if you, if you want. You know, there's no locks on the doors. We don't do restraints or anything like that. This is a. It's a very uh, homey environment, um, and uh, and we seem to have uh, some successes that way. I know a lot of kids that were. Uh, girls in some of those in those peer homes that are still very much connected with the house mom that was there, you know, six or seven years ago, mm-hmm. um, and now they've gone on to have kids of their own, and they call the house mom grandma. Like, oh, how cool wow. is that? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, so uh, we've got uh, so the two so we've got Gretelins in. Um, we have Docs, Wendy's. And then we've got Jensen's, which is a house for uh, cognitively delayed individuals. Um, it's uh, four beds in that one, and we're actually co-ed in there as well. That's two boys, two girls, because it's a different staffing model. The um, the staff are awake 24 hours in in that facility, just because the in that home. Because I hate the word facility. Um, sorry, in that home uh, uh, to uh, to meet the needs of the clientele that are in there. And then we've, go- of course, have the first youth shelter in Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, 15-bed uh, co-ed youth, uh, youth shelter, which, uh, again, is uh, is with our partners, the Ministry of Social Services. When did that open? Um, I want to say five years ago. Five, yes. Because wow. that staggers me that it would be that late that we would finally get a youth shelter. In Saskatchewan, yeah. like for the whole province, that's because I, I, like of the for a group of people that really need that kind of support, mm-hmm. like youth, you would think that's the people you want to start with, giving them homes and space to. Right. The stipulations for staying in that shelter are they have to be, be, be between the ages of 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it's kind of again when we're only talking about 15 beds here, um, and uh, that age kind of restriction, um, we sometimes with ministerial approval, we've, we've taken people that are younger and older uh, in special cases. 
Um, and again, that's working with an extremely talented frontline team at MSS that, that, that weighs in as to who's, who would fit in, in that. Um, so with the, with the shelter, they've got all kinds of, uh, of outreach activities that they're able to do. Um, and that's where we make the, the soup for sip in the park, which I think right. we should talk about for sure. Yeah. What's up with that? So what's up with <laughs> soup in the park? Yeah. Uh, well, soup in the park's been around three years now and it was, uh, uh, what happened is the the bid, uh, the folks that bid the the downtown, downtown uh, business, improvement business improvement district exactly, yeah. uh, they uh, along with the Regina Police Service uh, came to us and uh, they were having a problem with uh, street involved youth having a kind of a negative uh, impact on the shoppers in the downtown core. So we came up with this idea of doing um, soup in the park, <laughs> sip. I know it's a yeah. sip. <laughs> rocket science figured that one out for sure. <laughs> um, but we've got these wonderful high-protein meals, right, uh, really good homemade soups, hearty chicken, all that stuff. And we use really small cups um, so that it keeps the kids coming back <laughs> to do what we do best, and that's form relationships, right? right? Uh, so oh, and we don't. it's not flash in the pan with all kinds of uh, fancy stuff. We don't want to keep the kids in the park. It's to keep them fed um, and to help avoid some of those negative uh, interactions and I think we've successfully done that we've done uh, uh, some interesting data collection as well um, and, and uh, collected some interesting facts and had some really great accidental successes there uh, surprising successes um, we're one of the most sought-after um, placements for uh, students whether that be nursing students uh, students from the U of R social work, uh, human justice students. Um, we had one young lady there that uh, was a nursing practicum student that noticed one of the girls in the park had a baby bump, and she hadn't been to see a doctor yet, so we were able to arrange to get her to, to go and see a doctor. And it was fantastic stuff that might not have otherwise happened. I mean, and when we're talking about some of the interesting stats, and you take a guess at how many cups of soup you think we served last year. I don't even want to venture a guess. <laughs> Well, it runs from May till October, so till Halloween, and we serve 5,328 cups of soup down there oh in the park. Oh, um, and uh, so that was 616 individuals, and we interviewed about 95 of them with what we call our long questionnaire. Uh, and so we've, we've got all this great data. What that's going to turn into for somebody that wants to have it, uh, or study it would be, uh, that'll be, that'll be great. Um, we've got, uh, our fundraising efforts. And when I'm talking about that, the face painting that, uh, uh, you see around town, that's one of the ways that people can support us. Um, we've got a, uh, fantastic fundraiser that's coming up in September. Um, some great community minded guys by the name of Carl Fix, Dr. Dennis Jones and Tim Young are throwing us a Sastoberfest party uh, where it's going to be uh, German beer and wine and schnitzel and all kinds of stuff. Where's that? Uh, and it's at the, the Hotel Saskatchewan. Nice. Um, tickets are scarce. I think there's only about 36 left, um, and you would get a hold of Carl to uh, to procure those. Um, but the proceeds are going to street culture, and we're hoping that it's going to turn into an annual thing. But we couldn't do it without the help of uh, community guys like that, so it's fantastic. I, I'm staggered by the amount of stuff you guys are doing. Yeah, there's actually. a lot of stuff going we're on. Have I, to we have could have a whole show hour again. show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion about uh, his... It kind of seems like a slacker to me. You think? Just, yeah, not, not much going on. <laughs> yeah, he's doing so much less than we are. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're, we're here in the trenches coming up with improvements. That's true. That's, that's, that's nothing to say. That is at. us. But okay, I guess, I guess since you seem to think it's a good idea. I would have preferred an acceptance speech if I'd known I was getting an award here. Uh, you, well, you are, you are officially an improvement vector. 
and you'll receive this handsome certificate. Fantastic. That will go up in the music studio for sure. Thanks awesome. so much, guys. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in. And, yeah, anytime. If you guys have, like, more music coming out, absolutely, let us yeah. know. And we'll, Wednesday uh, night music night. It sometimes sounds like a cat's getting strangled in there, but it's uh, <laughs> we've got all kinds of electric guitars and stuff that we've added. So if you've got uh, yeah, anything you want to launch, bring yeah. it here. For sure. All right. I think we have to make a motion for adjournment. All right. Um, I will second that motion. If you've already made it. I've made the motion, yes. I'm okay. I'm second that motion. Motion passed. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Thanks so much to Natasha Wessequate from Circle Project and Mike Dren from Street Culture Project. Last night was a wonderful show. Thanks also to Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire, for providing our theme music. Uh, we can be found on Twitter at Queen City IB. On, uh, online at queencityab.com and also on Facebook. Just find us there. We're there. Uh, <laughs> coming up next, uh, we have Nerdcore Cabaret with Maddie V, followed by, I believe, Sask Centric Electric and then the Cockpit and then something else. Actually, Sask Centric Electric is no more. It's the oh. Cockpit and oh. then it's Reeling in the Ears. Oh, Reeling in the Ears. Yeah. Fair enough. Things it's change when you're not paying any attention. And I want to urge people to go check out the QueenCityIB.com uh, website and uh, check out our City Council Fan Fiction Challenge. Yes, very important. Uh, write fanfic. We've got character sketches all laid out for you. Uh, the winner gets to read their submission on the air. Yeah, and be a guest. Yes. A potential in improvement vector. And remember, you're all winners, almost literally, because, you know, we don't expect a bunch of people to do this. <laughs> Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Thank you, and keep on improving, Regina.